4 tonight in your Bibles, Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read a little bit in Mark 4, and we're going to read a little bit in Mark chapter 5 tonight. Amen. I hope you brought your Bible with you this evening, and uh, I believe the Lord just wanted a, a few testimonies tonight, um, but uh, I also believe tonight, beyond a shadow of any doubt, that the devil does not want the message preached that I'm going to preach tonight. And so uh, we know he would love to try to take away any way that he's able. And so we're going to pray tonight that he's not able to do that. And so Mark chapter 4 in your Bibles, let's give you a chance to stand and out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to begin tonight in verse number 35. And I'll try to preach quickly. I know I kept you over a little bit this morning. I'll try to preach and get through this and I'll keep you long tonight. Mark chapter 4. And verse 35, the Bible says, In the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full now, I want you just to think about what we're reading tonight. So verse 37, there's this great storm. The waves are beating into the ship. In fact, the Bible says it was now that it was full. But verse 38 says, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. Now, to the world, that doesn't even make sense. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Verse 39 is really our text. We're going to read several other verses tonight, but verse 39 is really our text. The Bible says, And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Chapter five and verse one. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship immediately, now get this church, when he was come out of the ship immediately, there met him a, met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. By the way, if the Lord, now I'm not sure, but if the Lord continues to give direction, we're going to start Wednesday night talking about signs of demonic depression or demonic possession. Uh, you say, boy, it only happened back in Bible days. Oh, no. No, no. We're seeing it all over the place today. And uh, we, you pray about that if God directs us. But the Bible says this guy is, is in the tombs. He's night and day in the mountains. He's crying, cutting himself with stones. Verse 6 but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou 
son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered, this is the, the devil speaking. And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. That's another interesting verse. Now there was there nine to the mountains, a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what was uh, what that was done, verse 15, and they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. <laughs> I guess they were, weren't they? Man, oh man, what a story. I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about that subject, the, uh, the reason for rebuke. And so you may be seated tonight. And we'll jump right into this Bible study. I hope it'll make sense and be a blessing. Father, it has been another great day. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for manifesting your spirit and uh, your presence here today. Uh, Lord, we thank you. We've prayed about that and thank you for answering our prayers and being so faithful. God, thank you for the young lady that was saved this morning and we thank you for the tremendous spirit that's been here all day today and great spirit of worship and, and uh, brotherly love and camaraderie and unity. We just thank you for that. Now, Lord, as we take a few minutes, as we close this service tonight, I pray, Lord, that you'll, uh, that you'll give us something that will literally just stay with us and change our lives forever. I believe tonight, Heavenly Father, that with your help, we'll put our finger on the problem in America tonight. But I believe we'll go a little further than that. I believe we'll put our, our, our finger on the problem in a lot of churches tonight and a lot of Christian families tonight that are plagued with, with problems and demons, if you will, and, and spiritual issues and why those spiritual issues never and those problems never seem to go away. And so, God, tonight I pray that you'll give us victory. We, we plead the blood of Jesus over the service. I pray that, Lord, if it might be your will, that in the name of Jesus, that you'd keep the powers of darkness out. And God, that you'd keep your blessings within. And may Jesus Christ receive all the glory and the praise and the honor from all that's done. Help us, Lord, please. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we pray. And for his sake, amen and amen. We notice here that Jesus and his disciples have entered into a, a small vessel, a small ship, and they're sailing across the Sea of, of Galilee which is really not, a, really not a sea, not like the Atlantic Ocean, really. It's more like a lake. In fact, the Bible called it the Lake of Gennesaret. It's uh, 13 miles long, and at its widest point, it's just a little over eight miles wide. And so it's not a very big body of water. And, uh, and so they got into the ship, and Jesus says, let us go to the other side. On the other side, they've been ministering in a place called Tyre and Sidon, and, and, uh, and they come down to, uh, to the Lake of Gennesaret here, the Sea of Galilee, and uh, they're getting ready to go to the other side. And on the other side, just a little ways, is a place by the name of Gadara. And the Bible says that while they're in transit, while they're, 
uh, going across this body of water here, we notice that a huge windstorm erupts on the sea. By the way, that's sort of a um, uh, interesting place for a windstorm to come. It's not. This is not like the Atlantic Ocean, or this is not like uh, you know the Pacific Ocean. Uh, it would be something a little bit more like uh, uh, like the Mississippi River, or uh, something maybe a little bit larger than. Uh, than uh, Lake Norman even. And so a huge storm of wind comes. And the Bible says that, the, uh, that Jesus is down in the, in the hinder part of the ship. He's asleep. It's not bothering him. I mean, the wind's blowing, the waves are coming in, uh, and yet Christ is, uh, is perfectly asleep. And I'm not preaching on that tonight, but boy, I wish I, I, wish I could. I might preach on it later. And we notice the disciples come and they're fearful that the boat is going to sink, and they say, Master, carest thou not that, that we perish? And we notice then, church, that the Bible records something very, very interesting that I want to draw your attention to tonight. We notice that Jesus, at that point, does two things. We notice, first of all, that Jesus rebukes the wind, and then he speaks to the ocean or to the sea. Two different things. You'll notice in verse number 37, the Bible says, and there arose a great storm of wind, and, the, and, and then there's a comma right there. The Bible says, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Then we come to verse number 39. The Bible says, and he, talking about Jesus, and he arose, interesting. Man, I didn't even, I was gonna preach on this already, didn't even notice this until the other night. And uh, the Bible says, and he arose and rebuked the wind. He rebuked the wind. Now, you'll notice in your King James Bible, there's a comma right there. He rebuked the wind, and then the Bible says, and said unto the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I want to answer this question tonight. Why did Jesus rebuke this storm of wind? Man, I got to thinking about that a little bit, pondering on that a little bit, studying on that a little bit. And uh, now the Bible says that he rebuked the wind, but then he just said to the sea. Why did Jesus rebuke the, the, the wind? Almost every time as you go through the gospels, almost every time we find Jesus rebuking something, it is almost always of a spiritual nature. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 17, verse number eight, 18, and Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Mark chapter one and verse number 23, the Bible says, and there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. And verse number 25 says, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. We go, to, uh, go forward to Mark chapter eight and verse number 33, and the Bible says, but when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, but then the Bible says, saying, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. In Luke chapter nine, in verse number 42, the Bible says, and as he was yet a coming, the devil threw him down and tear him. And Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit and healed the child and delivered him again to his father. But here we find in Mark chapter four, we find Jesus rebuking, not a person, but we find Jesus rebuking a spirit 
storm of wind. The question for that uh, tonight is this, why would Jesus rebuke the wind? Why would he do that? Well, I believe this tonight, undoubtedly, because this storm of wind was spiritual in nature. Now, don't, don't forget, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter two and verse number two that Satan is the prince and the power of the air, of the air. And all of a sudden, boy, here they are on the Sea of Galilee and there's this huge storm of wind. The Bible is very, uh, very meticulous in pointing that out, that there's this huge storm of wind. Uh, Satan is the prince and power of the air. And the Bible says that Jesus begins to rebuke the wind. Now, this is what I believe tonight. You know what I believe? Spiritual darkness knew something. They knew that Jesus and the disciples were headed toward a place called Gadara. And in Gadara was a man who was, uh, was possessed with a legion of demons. Not only that, but I believe this. I believe that Gadara was a place that was dominated by demonic control. Because in Mark chapter 5 and verse number 10, when Jesus is casting the devils out, the devil said, Lord, don't send us out of the country. Uh, Lord, send us into the swine so we can at least stay in the country. I believe tonight that Gadara was under amazing uh, demonic darkness, demonic control and I believe that Satan knew that. Of course, he had a stronghold there and so all of a sudden, here comes the Son of God and here comes the disciples and they're making a beeline for Gadara and so Satan did everything he could to try to keep them from getting there. So Jesus, the Bible says, rebuked the wind, and I believe he rebuked it because it was a spiritual force. Now, I'm going somewhere. Y'all stay with me tonight. The word rebuke there means this. It means to admonish. It means to charge sharply. It means this. It means to chide or to scold. In other words, brother, this is not just a this is not just a little pat on the back of the hand. I mean, brother, this is sharp. I mean, this is uh, this is serious business. And and Jesus comes up. Can you can you see it in your imagination as Jesus walks up on the bow of that ship and he rebukes the wind. He rebukes the wind and then he speaks to the sea. He rebukes the wind. Uh, I noticed that he did not reason with the storm. I noticed tonight that Jesus did not compromise with the storm. I noticed tonight that Jesus did not rationalize with the storm. But I noticed tonight in our Bibles that Jesus rebuked the storm. In other words, he took it very, very seriously. Now, I sent that church to say this. Can I tell you tonight why so many Christians are falling apart? Can I tell you why so many Christians are going through storms and going through battles? And can I tell you why their boats are sinking? Can I tell you why they never make it through the, through the difficult time? Can I tell you why they never make it through the stormy time? Can I tell you why? because all that time they're coming out discouraged and they're coming out defeated and they're coming out worn out all because they're trying to reason with battles and reason with storms and reason with problems that are brought on by a very spiritual enemy. And brother, listen, when you're going up against the devil, there is no reasoning. And when you're going up against Satan, there's no rationalizing. Hey, they're trying to rationalize something with something that's literally trying to to destroy them. Well, you know, it's probably not that big a deal. Uh, well, it's probably not gonna cause that many problems. And, and 
and, and it's probably because of this or it's probably because of that. And what I'm saying tonight is this, you better be careful because probably behind that problem and probably behind that storm is somewhere Satan is back there and he's trying to get you away from God. He's trying to get you out of the will of God and rather than reason with it, what we better do in 2018 is buddy, just like Jesus Christ, we better rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Don't reason with something that's trying to kill you. I read an interesting story this week about a, about a scorpion. And the scorpion one day was walking up and down the bank of a river. And he was trying to figure out how to get across the river. All of a sudden, a frog came by. And the scorpion said, hey, Mr. Frog, he said, how about taking me across the river? And uh, Mr. Frog said, no way, Jose, I know way. You see, I know what you'll do, scorpion. You'll, you'll sting me. And the scorpion said, why? Why would I do something like that? I mean, if I get on your back and you begin to take me across the river and, and then I sting you, well, you know what? I'll drown both of us. And Mr. Frog said, you know what? You've got a point there. You're exactly right. Why would you do that? He said, well, uh, okay. He said, just go ahead and jump aboard. And so the scorpion got on the back of the frog. And man, they began to swim out to the river there. They got about halfway across and all of a sudden, and the frog said, you stung me. They began to sink and uh, drown. And the frog asked the scorpion, why did you sting me? And the scorpion said, it's in my nature to sting. It's what I do. And you know what, brother? There's a lot of people that are trying to make excuses and they're trying to rationalize what Satan's doing in their family and Satan's doing in their life or Satan's doing in their churches or whatever the case might be. And I'm just telling you, brother, you know what? We don't need to rationalize and we don't need to reason and we don't need to rhyme and we don't need to try to make excuses. I'm just saying, brother, if there's a spiritual force that's attempting to destroy your children, you know what y'all ought to do? Y'all ought to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If there's a spirit tonight or a storm tonight that's trying to destroy your testimony, y'all ought to rebuke it. If there's a storm tonight, that's trying to destroy your family and break apart your home. Amen, brother. You ought to rebuke it. Don't you play around with it. Don't you mollycoddle it, brother. Don't you say, well, it's probably not that. Yes, sir, it is a big deal. And when you step out on the bow of the boat, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Somebody says, well, you know, preacher, that TV show's probably not that bad. I mean, I know we shouldn't watch it, but you know what, it's, 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 probably, it's probably not that bad. Or, or preacher, I know the music my kids are listening to. Uh, that's, you know what, that's a, uh, we're having terrible trouble with my kids and they've got a rebellious spirit, but I don't really think it's the music they're listening to. Oh, I know you have to be 18 years old to buy the music uh, and they have to get my permission. In fact, I have to buy it for them so they can, so they can get it. And, but I, you know, I know we're having awful trouble right now, but I don't think it's probably the music they're listening to. And, oh, I know that they're 
they're hanging around the wrong crowd right now. They're hanging around a bunch of dope smokers and, and pot smokers and, and, uh, and bud drinkers. And, and, uh, but I, you know, I, I really don't think that that's the problem. I, I, you know, I, 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 I know, I, I know we're not coming to church like we need to. I know that everything's falling apart around us. And I know, you know what, my home's going, going haywire. I know my kids, I can't do anything with my kids. And well, I know we're not going to church like we should. But you know, preacher, I really don't think that's the problem. And what I'm saying tonight is you're like that scorpion. That scorpion's on your back and you're just trying to reason with it and make excuses for it. And But the truth of the matter is if you keep playing around with that thing, it's gonna sting you. It's gonna ruin you. It's gonna wreck you. Amen, brother. And what we need to do tonight, not rationalize, not reason, but rebuke it in Jesus' name. Truth is tonight, and y'all know what I'm talking about. Truth is tonight, most people don't want to get serious enough to rebuke something. That is right. This is tough preaching tonight, but that is right. I mean, they call. By the way, you know, you know when they call me, David, when there's nobody else to call. I don't hear hiding or hair of them any other time, but when it's falling apart, they call me. And, uh, and, and, and preacher, we're having a time. And preacher, it's literally falling apart at the seams. And I'll say something like this, brother or sister, you know where you need to be. They'll say something like this, Pastor, we want it to work out. We want it to work out. I mean, we want, we want our marriage back together. We want our home back together. We want our kids to, we want our kids to, to, to do right and, and to make some out of their lives. And I'll say, brother or sister, you know what you need to do, but isn't it funny? You know what? They'll show up at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning service, but don't come back on Sunday night and don't come, amen, brother, and don't come back to revival and don't come back. I mean, you know what? You don't seem to do the right. I'm just saying, brother, the truth of the matter is a lot of people are just not serious enough to rebuke something that's trying to destroy them. That's right. Dr. Dr. Larry Brown was, was talking about a, a lady got a call one day and, and she said, uh, Pastor, she said, we've got a problem. I got a problem. And, and she didn't go to his church. And, and he said, well, ma'am, he said, what, what's going on? She said, well, you know, she's sort of, you know, him hauling around a little bit. And she said, well, you know, I go to such and such a church and, and, uh, she said, well, I just, I want you to pray for us. She said, we've got some problems. And, and he said, well, sister, what are you talking about? What, what's going on? She said, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to tell you. And he said, well, sister, I can't help you if you don't tell me what's going on. She said, well, she said, uh, she said I'm a married woman. And, and, and she said, the song director in our church, well, he's a married man. And, and well, you know what? It, 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 it just, it happened innocently, but uh, we started talking and I started talking to him and he started talking to me and, and, uh, and I started getting sort of close to him and he's sort of getting close to me. And, and, uh, and she said, well, you know, it's sort of awkward, preacher. Uh, uh, you know, we're sort of involved now uh, in an affair and, and, uh, and, he, and, and, and he spoke up. He just broke in. He said, sister, I want to tell you something. He said, number one, does, you, does your husband know? She said, no, 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 he don't know. He said, all right. And he said, you know what? If nothing, if it's not went too far, he said, you go home. He said, you tell your husband. It'll shake him up. But she said, you tell your husband. And he said, you get it right with your husband. And he said, then, he said, y'all run from that. I mean, you run from that. And he said, that man can no longer minister. By the way, he doesn't have any business ministering anyway. And uh, that man can no longer minister to you. And he said, you run and get, get somewhere. And you and your husband, you get in a good church, a 
preaching church, a solid church, a Bible-believing church where you can get right with God and you can grow. And, and she said, well, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute, preacher. Uh, 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 she said, can't you... Uh, I mean, can't you quote me a verse or something? Or uh, uh, maybe you could just pray for me, you know. Now, wait a minute now, wait a minute now. The truth of the matter is, you know what's wrong with that lady? She wasn't serious about it, buddy. She wasn't serious about it. Uh, she acted like she was serious about it, but the truth of the matter is she's trying to reason and rationalize and trying to make excuses for her sin and her problems and when what she ought to have done was she ought to walked out on the top of that boat and she ought to said, I rebuke it. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I, I understand this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual storm that's coming against us and trying to destroy us and she ought to got serious about it and she ought to, she ought to rebuke it. I, I remember Dr. Bill Pennell telling the story about uh, a, a lady, he was preaching in a meeting and a lady walked out uh, every night. She'd walk out and uh, with no concern and no, no uh, compassion or burden uh, in her, in her, in her uh, words. And she said, uh, she'd say, preacher, pray for me and mine. My husband's not saved. I pray for me and mine. And she'd walk out every night like that. And he'd they'd come back, he'd preach, and she'd walk out and shake his hand. She said, preach, pray for me and mine. My husband's not saved. Walk out. That went on for night after night after night. Preacher, pray for me and my husband, I'll say, but I mean, no compassion, no tear, no, I mean, no feeling. And one night uh, after the church meeting, that lady was on her way out. She, she took preacher by the hand, shook his hand. She said, preacher, pray for me and my husband, not say, and he held on to her hand. And he said, sister, can I ask you a question? He said, tonight when I'm up tonight on my knees praying for your husband to get saved, begging God to save your husband. He said, can I ask you a question? What are you going to be doing? Are you going to be sleeping? Oh, my. Oh, she got red in the face. I mean, she jerked her hand away from him, and she said, I'll never come to hear that little preacher again. I'll never come to hear that, that little preacher again. I can't believe he talked to me like that. And uh, I mean, Matt said, I'll never come back. I'll never come back, went home. But you know what? She couldn't get those words out of her mind. And God began to do a work in her life. And, and, uh, and, and she got down by the sofa there and started pouring her heart out to Christ. And, and she said, God, my husband's a good man, but he's lost and I want you to save him. I want you to save him. And, uh, and boy, she prayed for 20 minutes and 30 minutes and 45 minutes. A little bit later, her husband came home from the tavern and walked in and said, oh no, you've been to one of them revivals again. He said, now woman, I'm going in here getting my pajamas on. We're going to go to bed. He said, you come to bed. And so he went there and got his, uh, his pajamas on, went to bed. And an hour passed, he's still in there by the sofa praying and saying, oh God, save him. Oh God, I love him. I don't want him to go to hell. Oh God, save him. Oh God, save him. I mean, she prayed for another hour, another two hours. Her husband came back in and said, woman, now I don't mind you going to church, but I don't want you getting uh, too crazy about this Jesus thing. And he said, now I'm telling you come on and let's go to bed but brother she never missed a lick she kept on praying said oh God save him oh God save him oh God don't let him go to hell oh God save him oh God save him I mean she prayed she prayed from 12 to 1 and 1 to 2 and 2 to 3 and 3 to 4 and 4 to 5 and they said the sun was just beginning to come up and she was still crying and praying and pouring out her heart to God and all of a sudden she heard his feet hit the, hit the floor and he came running in there and fell down beside her 
and he said, honey, I can't stand it anymore. He said, you're gonna have to show me how to come to Jesus. I gotta get saved. What are you saying? I'm saying, thank God, there was a lady that said, I'm not gonna reason with it. I'm not gonna rationalize. I'm not gonna make excuses. I'm gonna get serious enough to rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Hey, can I... Can I just mention several things? I'll do these quickly quickly tonight. How about, can I say this? Number one, you ought to, some of you ought to rebuke it by speaking. By speaking it. The Bible says in Psalm 107 verse two, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Did you know there ought to be times when you're so serious about something that you're willing to speak it? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I thought about David. Little David. Man comes out here against this, uh, this uh, Goliath of Gath. Man, he's got a pocket full of rocks and a slingshot in his pocket. And man, here's this, here's this warrior and Man, he's got a spear as big as David is and he's got a shield and a sword and, and uh, man, he's got all this armor on. And, but I love it. The Bible says that when, when David came out to Goliath, that he came out speaking. The Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 17, 45, then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. I won't stay here long, but I'm just saying this. When you're going through a storm, when you're going through a battle, sometimes, sometimes to get through that thing, you ought to rebuke it by speaking. Amen. What do you mean, preacher? Hey, you know what? Sometimes you have to speak and remind yourself of God's greatness. God's able. You're going through a storm. The devil says, you're done for, brother. You're done. I mean, stick a fork in you. You're done for. You know what y'all to say? God's great. God is great. God is able. God is able. Somebody says, how in the world is a little church in Union Grove, North Carolina? I mean, well, out in the sticks, brother, of North Idol, gonna build a beautiful building to the glory of God. And I wanna say tonight, God is able, amen. There is a God in heaven. He's not gone bankrupt. I'm telling you, brother, he's not on hard times tonight. And God is able. There ought to be times when you ought to speak and remind yourself of God's grace. There ought to be time when you speak and remind yourself of God's forgiveness and God's power and God's might. There are times when you ought to speak to something or speak about something. And by the way, you ought to say it out loud. I thought about this. When we do the Pledge of Allegiance, we don't just put our hand over our heart. Man, we say it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. You know why we do that? Because brother, when you speak it, it adds to that allegiance. I've counseled people through the years now, pastoring all these years, I've had them come in this office so down and so discouraged. I mean, brother, didn't know how they was gonna pick themselves up. Didn't know, didn't know if tomorrow was coming. I mean, walking this office so discouraged and so down and said, preacher, I mean, life's over. 
I mean, there's no use in getting up. To, I'm telling you. Now, you say, preacher, I'm not there. Well, hang on, because it could come. I hope it doesn't, but it could. And they said, preacher, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to face Monday. I don't want to face tomorrow. And you know what I had to do? I had to speak to that. And I had to say, let me tell you something. You're going to make it. God's going to bring you through this thing. God's able. God's able. God's going to do big things. God, God is, and, and by the way, if you're here tonight and you're going through a hard time, I want to say to you, you're going to make it tonight. Amen. God's able. I know it looks pretty bad. I know it looks pretty black. I know it looks pretty dark. I know the devil comes and the devil says, boy, it's bad. I mean, it's bad. I mean, there's no way out of this, but I'm telling you, brother, when it seems like there is no way, thank God he said, I am the way. Amen. And brother, when it seems like there's no way out. Thank God he can make a way out. You say, preacher, I'm in the deepest, darkest valley I've ever been in in all my life. Well, thank God he's not just the rose of Sharon, but he's the lily of the valley. And I'm telling you, he'll see you through that thing, but sometimes you gotta speak it to rebuke it. You know what they tell some of you folks, you, you love the outdoors. And experts tell us this, that if you're ever out in the wild and you're confronted by a predator, a bear, grizzly bear, and you don't have a 44 Magnum, what do you do? You know what they said? You speak big. You talk loud. Get out of here. That's right. Check it out, brother. And they said, man, you you may not be big like that grizzly bear, but you speak big and you act big and you make your voice big. And there's some of you here tonight, brother, Satan's knocking on your door and Satan's about to knock it in. But I want to tell you tonight what you ought to do tonight in the power of Jesus Christ. You ought to speak it tonight and say, listen, I'm telling you, you're not by the grace of God. You're not taking me down. You're not taking me out of the will of God. I'm not going to leave the will of God. I'm going forward for Jesus Christ. Hey, rebuke it by speaking. Can I say this quickly? Rebuke it by steadfastness. Steadfastness. If you Listen, if you get discouraged and quit, did you know you're giving the enemy exactly what they want? You're here tonight and, well, the devil, the devil comes and there's a storm comes in your life and you just quit. Well, you just gave him what he wanted. Man, I thought about Nehemiah. Remember the story of Nehemiah? We talked about Nehemiah down in the prayer room tonight. Over in Nehemiah chapter six, the Bible says an old fellow by the name of Sam Ballot. Geshem came to Nehemiah. Man, they're laying block and troweling and building the wall. Man, it's going up. And these two, two perverts came and said, uh, said uh, Nehemiah said, uh, uh, why don't you come on down and we'll go to McDonald's over here and have a meeting and why don't you take some time off and why don't you quit doing what you're doing? But listen to what Nehemiah said in Nehemiah chapter six and verse number three. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? What are, what are you saying? I'm saying when you're going through a stormy time, rebuke it by steadfastness. Peter rebuked the enemy by being steadfast. Remember in Acts chapter four, when they came to Peter and John and they said, don't you speak anymore in that name of Jesus? You know what Peter said? 
Peter said, but we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Boys, y'all do what y'all want to do, but I'm telling you what, he changed my life. And I got to preach about him. I got to sing about him. I got to praise him. I got to talk. We'll put you in jail. Put me in jail or not. I got to praise him and preach about him. And we'll beat you. You beat me, go ahead and beat me. But I got to praise him and sing about him and praise him and preach about him. I'm talking about steadfastness. I thought about Joshua. Joshua rebuked the enemy by being steadfast. In Joshua 24, verse number 15, he said, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day, whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served them on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But Joshua, there's a bunch of wicked people are living around you and Joshua said, can't help that, can't help it. I'm telling you, we're going on, we're going on, we're going forward, we're gonna serve God. Rebuke it by steadfastness. By the way, the ultimate example was a man by the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 50 and verse number seven, Jesus said, therefore have I set my face like a flint and I know that I shall not be ashamed. In other words, Jesus said, I'm going to the cross and Satan, you're not gonna keep me from it. And nobody's going to keep me from it. I'm telling you, I'm going to the cross. Listen, I'm going to be done here in just a second. You're here tonight. And you say, preacher, I'm going through a storm. What should I do? Just stand still. Be steadfast. When every fiber in you is saying, quit, 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 get bitter, get bitter, just fall out with God, let me tell you something. You just keep it sweet. And stay steadfast. Keep serving God. We're, done. We're, we're about done. Rebuke it by speaking. Rebuke it by steadfastness. But I've got to put this one in there. Rebuke it by scripture. Amen. Remember in Luke, in Matthew chapter four, when Jesus is in the wilderness and Satan comes to tempt him, remember how Jesus rebuked it? He rebuked it by, it is written. It is written. By the way, Calvary, that's why every single day you ought to get in this book. So when problems come and temptations come and issues come and storms come, you can say, wait a minute, I, I remember a scripture I read about that. Let me go over here. And you know what? You rebuke it. You rebuke it. You rebuke it with scripture. And how about this last thing tonight? What else, preacher? Hey, you rebuke it by significant change. Listen, so serious about beating the storm that you're willing to make a change. Willing to make a change. I love to listen to Dr. Bill Lakin. And Dr. Lakin told the story. One night he was preaching to the family and he said a lady came out and he was preaching on getting your family saved and bringing them to Jesus and, and uh, how you ought to love your family. And a lady came out and she said, you know, she said, preacher, she said, uh, if you knew my family, you'd sing another tune. My husband's lost, don't care about God. My family don't care about God. You'd sing another tune if you knew my family. And Dr. Lakin said, lady, said, you know, if your family is as bad as you say, you must be partly to blame. I don't think that's called political correctness. I don't think, I don't think. 
Boy, she got mad. Oh, good night. She got mad. And she went home, but she started thinking about that. If your family is that, really that bad, you must have something to do with it. And she got to thinking, you know what? Boy, she, she got to thinking about every day her husband got up faithfully and went to work. She laid in the bed, never got up, never got up with him. I mean, never took care of the house, never showed him any affection. And he was lost. And, and she got to think about that. Think about what that preacher said. And so that next morning, boy, God began to do something in her heart. She went over to her husband. She shook him in the bed. She said, now, sweetheart, darling, she said, now, darling, get up. It's about time. She said, you get up. And, and she said, now, while you're getting ready, I'll go down. And, and she said, I'll get you some breakfast going. Well, he hadn't heard them words in a long time. And so he got up and started getting ready. And Boy, he could, he, he could smell that bacon. I mean, he could hear it popping every now and then. And, and uh, man, he got ready and walked down those stairs. And when he got to the kitchen, boy, she had put on a real pretty dress. And, I mean, he fixed her hair. And, uh, I mean, there was bacon and eggs laying in the plate. And uh, he went over and, man, she uh, he, he ate breakfast. And, and then she had a little lunch fixed for him there. And, uh, and she said, now, honey, you have a great day. And, boy, she went over there. And, I mean, gave him the kiss. Boy, I mean, laid it on him, man. I mean... I mean, handed that lunch and gave him the kiss of a life, uh, lifetime and said, now, I tell you what, honey, said, you have a great day. And she said, when you get home, we'll think about going to church. Let me tell you something. That man did it, ended up getting saved. You know why, though? Because here was a lady who said, I'm willing to rebuke it by making a change. If people just be willing to say, I'm willing, I'm willing to change things. I'm willing to change. I mean, you know what? Whatever we got to do. I'm going to tell you what. I believe this. I believe God would honor that and he'd bless it. Don't rationalize with it. Listen, you better quit rationalizing. Kids, you better quit trying to reason with the devil. You're not going to win. Well, you say, uh, you know, drugs are probably not. That's what we got politicians saying that. Well, drugs are probably not that bad. And when you start reasoning with the devil, you're fixing to lose. You're fixing to get stung by that scorpion. Man, rebuke it in Jesus' name. Let's pray tonight. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your blessings. And thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight. God, it's been a great day today. And we thank you and praise you for your, your goodness. And Lord, I just pray that you'll take this very simple attempt at trying to preach tonight. And God, I pray that you'll help us to get so serious about serving God and about protecting our kids and watching over our families. God, about living the Christian life that, Father, we'll quit, quit playing around with sin. God, that we'll quit trying to allow the devil to slip in here and slip in there. God, if we give him an inch, he'll take a mile. God, if we give him a foot in the door, he'll come in and, Lord, he'll ruin our home, ruin our life and our testimony. God, just give us some church members tonight who'll say, just like Jesus, I'm gonna walk up on the bow and I'm gonna rebuke it. I'm gonna get serious about it. God, I pray you'd have your way in this invitation and I thank you and praise you for, again for all you've done today in Jesus' name. And let's all stand tonight and our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And if God spoke to your heart tonight and you need to come, 
Listen, why don't you come this evening? Why don't you come? Maybe you're here tonight and you're going through the absolute biggest storm that you've ever been in. And maybe I know about it, maybe I don't know about it. But I wonder maybe if we might have somebody who would say, Lord, if you'll help us, we're going to be steadfast. By the grace of God, Lord, I don't like what's going on, but by the grace of God, I'm going to stay with the stuff. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay true and stay faithful to you. What about it? What about it? I don't know that there's...